it's Latoya. Happy New Year. Ha 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 ha. Happy New Year. It's Latoya. La 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 Latoya. What's up? What's up? What's up, guys? Happy New Year and welcome to the first episode of Analog Girl Podcast in the New Year. I am so happy that 2019 has arrived. It is time to start our New Year's resolutions if you've made some, to stop whatever you said you're going to stop, to leave whatever you said you were going to leave in 2018. Uh, It's time to do that. So happy new year, y'all. Welcome back. And if this is your first time listening to um, my podcast, I am so happy that you're here. I hope you will enjoy it. And when you're done with this episode and only when you're done, you should go on back and listen to the other ones. And always keep in mind that I'm a work in progress. You can see the transition from the beginning to now of how I'm progressing with the analog girl. Um, also, guys, don't forget to always check out my blog on theanaloggirl.com. You can always see what I've got up there on the blog. You can read, uh, you can book me, you can catch all the other episodes on there too as well. I would really appreciate it. Sign up for my email list. Always be a subscriber so you're in the know and you will become an official analoger. So without uh, any more hold up here, let's just go on into the check-in, y'all. Alrighty then. Welcome to the anxiety check-in, guys. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Where am I at in my anxiety journey? Slaying anxiety journey. Let's see. Um, last week, I think I talked to you guys um, prior to the last episode how I had been very extremely depersonalized. It was very weird. <clears throat> and it started, I got a little nervous that I thought I was going to go 10,000 steps back to last year and um, when I was just really feeling out of it um, and disassociated. But um, like I said before, I had to learn all these coping skills and um, I actually start feeling like superwoman, like, yeah, I could do anything. Um, If this shit happens again, I know exactly what to do. And that's that's how I do feel. I feel extremely confident in knowing that when episodes happen, um, that I know how to get myself out of it. And that was one of the things that I, um, realized going into the new year is that, um, once you start, um, dealing with anxiety or PTSD, depression, loneliness, whatever it is that, um, your mental health is suffering with, once you start going through those things, and then we get on the road to recovery, it's important that you always know that these things are going to rise up again in life. Like it's not going to be gone 100%. Like it's not going to be something where um, like if you get a scratch on your leg and then it heals and then you never, you, you know, you'll never see the scratch again. And it's just a scar. No, sometimes um, things do arise because life happens. So a lot of the stuff that happens in life is what causes us to um uh, what's the word? It causes us to go into these episodes sometimes of anxiety, PTSD, nervousness, panic attacks. Sometimes life happens and that's what it is. Sometimes nothing at all. You know, it, it just all depends. But what I have learned is I'm just rambling y'all, <laughs> but y'all listening. Thanks. But so anyway, but what I have learned is, is that it doesn't go away a hundred percent. So the, the, the key to recovery is learning how to cope. 
The key to recovery is learning how to get yourself out of the situation as quickly as possible and not to stay in it and not to let it fester. That is recovery. I think that's exactly what recovery is. Now, there are certain things where people will be like, I don't experience PTSD at all. I don't experience anxiety at all. And you can get to that, but throughout your recovery process, throughout your recovery process, once you, when you start feeling great, um, there will be, and I think there will always will be, I don't think there's one person who's going through recovery that does not experience a little bit of a relapse. And that is when you learn how to uh, really heal 100%, really recover 100% from whatever it is that you're suffering from. So that was one of my great, great lessons that I learned in 2018 doing my anxiety check-in. And I'm just so happy that I've learned these coping skills. Um, I'm also happy that I've learned how to deal with my intrusive thoughts a bit more. They are still a little bit frightening to me, um, but I am, I'm not letting it overtake my entire body and shut me all the way down. I still fight um, daily with the intrusive thoughts of death and mortality. It's the weirdest thing. I hardly ever thought about it before. I'm now coming to terms with maybe this is... Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I, ain't, I ain't no spring chicken. You know what I'm saying? Your girl is out here. She's 39 and she's fine. Okay. She's 39 and she's fine. But um, I know that, you know, when you get up in age, you start thinking about your mortality um, more. And um, I think that's really, I think that I'm like in some kind of like mid life crisis or existential crisis where I'm constantly thinking about um, death. And I think it also happens because I haven't achieved what I would love to achieve in life. So that in turn, that in itself um, brings about all this anxiety, you know, like, oh, God, I I don't have I don't have a career. I don't I don't I haven't received an Emmy or an Oscar award. I haven't I haven't met Beyonce. You know, I'm still walking out the house and my elbows be ashy sometimes, you know, like I've got to get to a point where every time I walk out the house, there's never I never have an ashy elbow. I never have an ashy ankle. You know what I mean? I want to get those things in life down pat, you know? So I think that those things usually, uh, I start to think about those things and I think I start to spiral sometimes. However, I have learned, and I think that we all have intrusive thoughts. All of our, our intrusive thoughts are different, okay? So it doesn't mean that just because you don't have mortality thoughts or, um, you know, thoughts about death and blah, 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 that you're not having intrusive thoughts. Your intrusive thoughts could be telling you all the time you're a failure or telling you all the time that you're fat or telling you all the time that you're not beautiful. It's just we, we all have different kind of intrusive thoughts. You know what I mean? Um, even when you're out with someone and you're talking and then someone says something in your mind, you're like, ah, did this person just shade me? But it's like, you're jumping on the defense. It's all, that's all intrusive thoughts. And <clears throat> what I've learned from that, from that is I actually guys, I found this guy, he kind of cute too, like a little He's giving me a little Mediterranean feel. I found him on YouTube. His name is Noah Elkreef. 
I think that's how you say it. And um, I'll, I'll put a link to one of his videos in the description box if you guys want to check him out. Um, he pretty much breaks down like how to deal with intrusive thoughts. So right now, Noah is um, my anxiety coach and he is my therapist um, on YouTube right now. Like I, he's my go-to person because the way he breaks everything down is just, it's perfect, actually, in, in a sense, it's perfect. Um, and with my intrusive thoughts, I've learned to um, say to myself, okay, death is imminent, Right. Death is imminent. We all going to have to deal with it. Um, but <clears throat> what is not true about the statements that's coming into my head is that um, I failed at life. Um, I don't have enough time to do A, B, and C because we don't know the truth of those things. You know what I mean? I don't know the truth of it. I don't know the future. And all I can do now is put the work in so that I can try to attain these goals. So now I'm just like learning how to break down these intrusive thoughts and take the truth out of them take the sting out of them um, and move forward. And that has helped me not to sit and think and think and faster and faster um, on um, uh, what is going to happen in the future with myself and my life type of thing. So I'm very happy about that. I am. I'm very um I'm optimistic about my thought process in 2019. I'm very optimistic about that. I will say that I still need, I definitely still need help because it was a push for me to get up and record this podcast, guys. I'm going to tell y'all, I had to, I had to have a little come to Jesus moment with my bestie, um, Takiya. Some of y'all might know Takiya. I had to come and get up in her text messages and just see like, girl, <clears throat> that failure spirit is trying to play with me this week. You know what I mean? And it's like, I think what happens a lot of times uh, during the new years, we, we're, we're making all these resolutions. We're saying who we're leaving in 2018 and what we're leaving in 2018. And the, the clock strikes 12. And then it's like, a lot of us be like, all right, we waiting for it to change. And it's like, no, you got to put in the work to change. Uh, and that's what I was willing like, you got to push yourself and get up and make the changes. You got to create the routine that you want to create for yourself so that you can put yourself on this path to attain these goals. So um, that has been what my lesson has been this week for anxiety and for my anxiety check-in, guys. So I hope that you guys had a very happy, happy new year. Um, and if not, there is still time to make it a happy new year. We've got 360 some odd days left to do this, right? 360 days left maybe, right? Is it? Uh, yeah, about 360 days left to do this. Um, we can do it together. Um, I think that 2000, I think 2019 is going to be great for a lot of us out here if we really hone in and learn how to change our thought process. This is all this is about. And we have to fight, fight those emotions that we're feeling. Um, and even when we are feeling these these crazy asinine emotions that we always are able to come to our thoughts and shift the process, you know, and shift what we're feeling and shift your emotions. So I'm grateful and thankful for that. Um, I'm grateful and thankful for you guys. I'm so happy that y'all listening. It's a lot of y'all listening. All right. It's a smooth, I have a smooth little like, 
400 to 500 listens a week and y'all are strong and I love it. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy that y'all are sticking with me and y'all love it. People be reaching out and telling me how inspirational it is and what it is. And I'm just so surprised because, you know, I just be sitting here rambling, y'all just sitting here rambling. Um, So, but anyway, Again, I just wanted to say thank you to you guys and thank you for listening to the anxiety check-in. And I hope you guys learn while I'm learning and, and, and you know, and, and just stick with me still to this day. So happy new year and let's just go on into uh, our next segment. Okay. I'm, I feel like I'm just a bit uh, tongue twisted <laughs> this episode. So guys, please, I mean, please. I've got to apologize if you're not catching on to what I'm saying. I'm just, it's just one of those days. So anyway, today's um, uh, guest is interesting. Um, I know, you know, throughout Christmas and up until now, we have been in this bird box phenomenon. Guys, it's every time I turn around, it is a meme about bird box somewhere and they are pretty damn funny memes i'm gonna tell y'all um and that's the reason why i end up watching it because i've kept seeing people post like these blindfold jokes and i'm like well what the fuck what are they talking about and then someone was like girl bird box and i had to went googled it and i found it and voila i went and i watched it so here's the thing um uh, some people are like, oh, Bird Box was trash. I don't get it. There's no message to it, blah, blah, blah. But actually, um, there is a very strong message uh, behind Bird Box. And it's not the message I thought it was, actually. I thought, because you know, I'm a church girl. I was like, oh, this is about Jesus. This is about overcoming your fears and and moving on and walking by faith and not by sight. Because when she was going down that river, you know, with her kids, but they was all on the blindfolds. They stayed in they stayed in the storm with the blindfolds on. And I was like, this is all about Jesus. This is what Jesus is telling us doing our life right now. So that's where I took a biblical. I took a biblical interpretation from the movie. Um, I had a biblical, not took, I had a biblical interpretation from the movie. So someone had um, sent me a, a screenshot of a woman's post named Khadijah Yvonne. And Khadijah uh, basically was saying that Bird Box is all about uh, mental health and depression and how um, depression, PTSD, anxiety, it's killing Americans and how the statistics of suicide rates are rising in America. So I was like, interesting, because I didn't get none of that. (laughs) Like, that is not what I was thinking whatsoever. But that could just be because, you know, I'm not a writer. I'm not extremely artistic, I don't believe. And, you know, I just didn't pick up all that shit. So, um, I invited Khadija Yvonne to come on to the Analog Girl podcast to break down what she thought um, or what her interpretation of Bird Box was. Because I think it's important that if this is what the message is to get the message out there, because there's some people who are like, I ain't watching it. This is whack. Da, 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 da. And it's it's like, you know, maybe you should check it out, especially if you um, 
if you have a desire to learn more about mental health and mental health awareness, maybe this movie will be it for you. Um, I'm definitely going to go have to go back and watch it again um, after talking with Yvonne or Khadija Yvonne. I'm sorry. After talking with her, uh, because I need to um, I want to put what she's breaking down for each character uh, to the movie and see what my interpretation and take is on it. So um, I hope you guys enjoy. It's not, you know, the funniest of the interviews like I usually like to do, but please stick with it. It's very informative. Um, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of information that Khadija Yvonne drops here for us. And um, I think that it's important that we know this. And if you haven't watched Bird Box, you need to get out there and watch it. I really feel like the black folks, black Twitter, black Facebook, we have really amped this thing to the next level because they got like at, at last by it was like as of last week, they had like 45 million uh, downloads. And that's not even including all of us who is using other people's passwords because, you know, I'm using other people's passwords. But it's not even including including that. So I just honestly, I just I think that we have definitely the black folks have <laughs> pushed this thing. I don't know, you know, maybe not. I could be wrong, but I just feel like we have helped in that with the funny memes and all that. And now I hope with building the awareness of mental health, um, this will garner some more views for them. So, all right, check it out. Toya D, who was living a life of complete and utter trash, y'all, spending money frivolously on clothes, food, and bottles of wine that could be finished in one setting alone, ghosting Sally Mae and never paying a bill, y'all, going back and forth in relationships that were called situationships, a what? Going from one dead-end job to another, struggling with racial and social anxieties in the workplace, nature finally took its course. On March 1st, Toya D woke up in an apparent dream world to which she calls the urban matrix and was left to figure out the true meaning of life and human existence. Join the journey on the quest to live fabulously, shamelessly, bold and fearless and confident with mental health in the anxiety zone. Okay. Let's <laughs> together. Mm-hmm. Khadija Yvonne Stevens, welcome. Yes. Welcome to. I said it all right. I, I pronounced it all correct. Correct. Of course you did. Uh, welcome to the Analog Girl podcast, and welcome to the Anxiety Zone. Mm-hmm. I am so excited to have you. Um, I found you uh, because of your post. Was it on Twitter first, or was it on uh, Facebook? It was actually on Facebook first, and then it just spread it like wildfire. <laughs> okay. Yes. So I, um, somebody, oh, actually, um, I watched it with my mom and my son, and then I was, like, discussing it with this guy I'm dating, and he, we were talking about how I was, like, I was saying that this movie, well, let me backtrack. Guys, we're going to talk about Bird Box. So me and Khadija was getting ready to get into this whole full-on conversation without even cluing y'all in. And really what we're talking about is Bird Box because this is like the whole phenomenon for the Christmas break, New Year's Eve, or New Year's uh, break. Um, it's went, it's went, it was 45 million downloads or views that I saw Netflix post yesterday. So I'm sure there's more than 45 million at this point. And 45 million, meaning that's not even including all of us who steal other people's network, Netflix passwords, because that's what I do. So mm -hmm. 
45 million. Um, and um, I came across Khadija's Yvonne, Khadija's mm-hmm. Yvonne's uh, post talking about the meanings of Bird Box. And um, it, I was immediately intrigued by your post because um, I'm a church girl. My mom is a pastor. My father is a pastor. Mm-hmm. And I immediately was like, this is all about Jesus. <laughs> Y'all can't tell me nothing. This is all about walk by faith, not by sight. Yes. <laughs> like, it was all a biblical, it was a biblical um, interpretation for my mother and I. Um, mm-hmm. My mom was able to interpret it with a, a lot of different um, scriptures. But I think, you know, um, there's a lot of things that that film, like everybody's perspectives, uh, perspe- perception on film is different. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if there's a right or wrong to Bird Box, but I am very intrigued on um, getting your perspective of what you thought Bird Box um, was about. So welcome to the Anxiety Zone. And mm-hmm. the floor is all yours. Well, to be exact, Bird Box has um, approximately multiple meanings. As you can mm-hmm. see, social media, they had their own critic, critic zone for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been working in the mental health field. Um, I'm 22 years old. I've been working in the mental health field for approximately, let's say three years now. Okay. Um, when I was in school at Kentucky State University, I worked at the Stewart Home School, which deals with children who have birth defects and mental health disabilities as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, since I graduated from Mississippi Valley State University, I've moved back down to Memphis, Tennessee, and I work with at Youth Villages, a psychiatric center for youth who are dealing with behavioral and mental health problems. Mm-hmm. So I have a great love for mental health. Okay. And also, I am a mental health victim. Okay. I've suffered from um, depression and suicidal ideations myself. So it's not quite hard for me to spot out something. Like you said, I'm a very spiritual person as well. I had spiritual healing for my depression and my suicidal ideations. Mm. So if we want to get very spiritual, the night that I wanted to actually commit suicide, my roommate walked in on me before I actually did it. Wow. So that was God. And since then, I knew I had a calling on my name to heal people mentally. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yes. Mm. So I have a great love for this. Mm-hmm. To begin with, I was a college basketball player. I was young. I grew up. Um, oh, you was out here hooping, girl? How yes, girl. I love it. How um, tall are you? Up, huh? How tall are you? I'm six feet. Oh, girl, yeah. You need to be on the court all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would want to say I need to be on the court all day, every day. But, you know, God had a different calling. And I can give you a couple of sentences, and it is powerful. Mm. I wrote my first book, Who I Am, at the age of 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about to be a year since that book has been out, and I'm about to release it on main screen with five other books, plus my, um, it's called the Female Empowerment Series, Woman. And three of those books come from my poem series, Truth. So God had a calling on my name. The day before... I tore my Achilles two weeks before the season. I got on my knees and I prayed to God because I was still going through. I was on the tail end of my mental, mental difficulties. I got on my knees. I prayed to God. I said, God, if this is not for me, please show me. Two days later, 
I tore my Achilles tendon at practice. Two weeks before the season, after I prayed to God and asked him, was basketball really for me? I tore my Achilles tendon at practice. Wow. And you know what? I had a contract to go to Poland to play basketball overseas. But I accepted what God told me and I continued on to be an aspiring clinical psychologist, which I'm in school now to be a doctor of clinical psychology. All right. So now that we hear, now that we know all of that, I think that this gives you a substantial amount of credibility to kind of break down what you thought bird box meaning what the meaning of bird box was or what the writers were trying to um, convey. Yes. And actually, I was slandered so much for this. And if yeah, I was girl, they call you all kind of bitches and cunts. Yes, and cunts. Christ. I'm like, wh- I mean, yes. it's just a movie. Like, why are we? But listen, so- listen, let me tell you something. I handled that completely well. You did. You're not even, you're just coming back with the facts. So let's exactly. state facts right now. Let's talk let's about state them. Let's state That's facts. What I love. Let's yes. state facts. Um, what did you on an overall summary, what did you and then we could break it down? Um, what did you think that Bird Box was about? I thought that Bird Box had two different ideas to it. Mm-hmm. For one, it was a spiritual level, and that's dealing with the birds, and we'll break that down later. The birds and the blindfold is on a spiritual level. Then we go to the psychology level, and between the spiritual and the psychology, we can go to Christian counseling. I know doctors of Christian counseling who have also talked to this about. So first and foremost, I knew what I thought, my interpretation, because you know that's very sensitive to people who say it's about, because I just heard a lot of people say that, but my Your interpretation, interpretation. Yes. is um, it is about mental health awareness. It's about mental health awareness. Not suicide. Not suicide. Mental health Mm -hmm. awareness is dealing with suicide. That is a factor. Mm -hmm. Suicide, mental health, mental illness is a factor of suicide. It's a cause, a factor of suicide. Which, Mm -hmm. Even though some psychiatrists and psychologists don't know the actual cause because it's dealing with the chemicals in the brain, Mm -hmm. chemical imbalance of the brain, it is a factor. You know, you can really say it's a cause, but of suicide. So that's where I got suicide from. And which suicide depression is a factor of suicide as well okay so Mm -hmm. now let me tell you so once i saw your post right i told Mm -hmm. you i was all about jesus the whole thing was about jesus for me Mm -hmm. i mean it still is but when i saw your your interpretation i was like okay i can see that and where i um now can go back and think about where the the messages of depression started for me um, I guess was when she didn't want, she didn't, she didn't have a name for her child when she went to the, Oh hospital. yes. Yes. You so it right. was that your first thing? That was the first, um, I guess, connection for you? No, mm-hmm. it was not. What was? Um, it wasn't. Cause this is going to make people go back and watch it again and be like, but, no, let me see what she's talking about. But that was one of them. Mm-hmm. That was one of them. Um, the inability to, co- to connect with your children. That is um, postpartum uh, depression. That's wow. after you have a baby. But well, well, she was not trying to connect when she was pregnant, though, because she was yes. the doctor was saying you don't want to, you don't, you yes. don't want to uh, give. And I was just about to get into that. Yeah, and that is called antipartum. 
Antipartum. Okay. Okay. Yes. Antipartum depression. Actually, um, so we're talking about Mallory, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on my, yes, on my blog, of course, Mallory is played by star and miscongeniality Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. So if you pay attention to the movie, she lives alone. She traps herself in the house and continuously describes her loneliness and hopelessness, hopelessness through paintings. Okay, so mm-hmm. quick pause, because I think I don't think I was paying attention at this point. I think I was fixing me a place to eat. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how did she get pregnant? Well, she got pregnant by a man. He was not, he was nowhere in sight. Now, this does not only affect Caucasian women. I don't like to say the word white. Mm-hmm. This not only affects, affects Caucasian women. This is black women as well. The ability for a father to not be there, that hurts. A father of your baby. And I say it's a generational curse. Because if we go deeper into it, the depths of the movie, when she was getting her ultrasound and her checkup for her baby, her and her sister Shannon described that if we had a mother and a father that was there to take care of us. So I could give you the percentages. That's child neglect. If your mother and father was not there for you when you were a child, like I said, I work with youth every day who deal with these problems, who deal with these demons, Mm -hmm. the demons, the unknown entity that you cannot see. That is spiritual. 60% of children who have experienced childhood trauma are more likely to be diagnosed with clinical depression. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm one of those. Exactly. (laughs) I'm one of those as well. You see what I'm saying? I'm one of those as well. And you know what? Later on, we're going to get into why black women, why I interpreted black women were were not in the movie as a character. Oh, that's that's true. Like, we saw not one black woman. Exactly. I studied You're going to make me have to go back and watch this again. And it's just like... Yes. Yes. Okay. I study ethnics. I study deeply into ethnics of psychology because that makes a huge difference, tracing all the way back into slavery time. Mm, So, okay. So let's go back to what was your first, so was your first um, connection to this being about mental health awareness when she was in the house? um, uh, I guess, what was she doing? Bordering herself up in the house in the very beginning? Yes. Okay. Exactly. And her house was disgusting. It was not oh, cool. Yeah. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uncleanness is a factor of depression. It's, it's an idea like of depression. You on to this. You on to this. You on yes. This. <laughs> yes. It's an idea of depression. Let me tell you why. I was one of those people trapped oh. up in my dorm room and I did not clean anything. Yeah, that's me. I I can tell when I'm, I personally can tell when I'm getting into a cyclic mood. Um, mm-hmm. Like literally just now it was happening just before I um, got on the call with you. And I was like, you know what? Let me get up, get in the shower because I'm sweating in here. It's hot. My yes. hair is laughing. It's trash all over the place. Like I can yes. tell when I'm going into those cycles. Yes. So, and and yes. don't get confused with laziness now. No, don't get confused. Uh-uh, not at all. I know when I'm going into a mental Yes, cycle. I'm just telling for the people who are listening. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. Don't get confused. Yeah. Like, don't get it confused because you can, your mind is like, you can, you can trick yourself into stuff like that. But that's the demons as well on the spiritual level. Mm-hmm. They would trick you into feeling that you're depressed when you're really not. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So... so Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what, what we, okay. So we just pinpointed two very important, 
um, openings of proof that this might be, this movie was a, your interpretation of uh, mental health awareness. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. moving right along, um, they are in the hospital. Yes. And she's getting the name. We all mentioned that she has the interaction with her doctor. Um, and then everything, oh, shit starts hitting the fan. <laughs> like when they're in the hospital. Yes, yes. The woman just started banging her head. Yeah. Old girl was just fine. She was watching everything. Oh, oh, oh. When, oh. I, when I went, when, I mean, not she, the girl was in the window on the phone when they passed her and she was just fine. So Listen. Now, now, when I go back, mm-hmm, tell, me mm-hmm. tell me if I'm onto something or not. You are. So... For me personally, for the way I've experienced um, my mental health distress, yes, um, I can look visibly and physically fine. Um, I'm I'm out and about with my friends. I'm mm-hmm. having a great time, um, mm-hmm. girl. That thing could flip off in five seconds, flat, and then I'm like, yes. I gotta get out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like, or something mm-hmm. will happen, and I will shut down immediately. Or after a great night, the next day. I feel absolutely awful. You know, it's just like, it just, it, it, it's up and down for me. And I think that's what I was like. I wonder if that was, um, that was an interpretation too as well. It's magnificent. And you know what's crazy? It's called foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Listen, this woman committed suicide out of nowhere. Everybody mm-hmm. like, oh, she's fine. She's smiling. She's on the phone. Mm-hmm. That was an interpretation of what this woman was actually thinking in her head as well. Mm. You can look fine, but you can be hurt. And you know what's crazy? Right after that woman committed suicide and she felt like she was okay, Shannon committed suicide. Right. Now, you did this right on point and you were onto something. Let's go into Shannon. Shannon is movie star Sarah Paulson, right? Mm Mm-hmm. She also played an American horror story. So, of course, that's the point of them picking her because it's supposed to be an intellectual, intellectual, psychological horror film or oh, thriller. The, this, this movie? Or are you talking yes. about? Oh, the okay. Bird Box. Like, the Bird know. Box. Okay, The Bird Box. I don't know yes. about American Horror Story because my anxiety levels can't take that. Exactly. But <laughs> also, also, in on the book, it's a quote on the cover of the book. It said it's a notably strong study of modern psychology terror that came from USA Today. Mm-hmm. So people need to understand the word psychology. It's the study of the mind. So anytime you see that, you know it's something mentally going on with these people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So according to psychcentral.com, lots of people walk through life trying to hide their depression. Some people with hidden depression can conceal their depression like crows, masking their symptoms and putting on a happy face for most others on quote unquote. So Shannon represents all of those people who hide their feelings and then commit suicide and be like, oh my God, what happened? Mm, so somebody like uh, Robin Williams or yes. Spade. Yes, and uh, uh, Case Spade. Yeah. Case babe. Mm-hmm. Those are the people who were like, oh my gosh, I never knew she would never do that. Because Mallory did say Shannon would never do that to herself. She is always happy. Yeah. That is awareness. We must be aware that people show signs of depressive symptoms and suicidal ideations, but we have to be aware of what depression and suicide ideations is. Yeah. Instead oh, of good. covering good the stigma. Oh girl, this is Oprah good. Mm. 
you must be very aware. Yeah. yeah. Shannon was the typical person that is borderline healthy. She proves that suicide can happen to anyone. That's the message from the beginning of the movie. She mm-hmm. was the first one to mm-hmm. commit suicide. Notice the woman in the orange didn't commit suicide. You just saw her banging her head. Shannon was the first who you saw die by a truck and blood shatter. Oh, she okay. Because I'm, yeah, I don't, I didn't, I guess I didn't put pinpoint that, that we didn't, we didn't see the girl who was banging her head commit suicide. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. You are right on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Anybody can do it. Shannon proves she is the person that proves that suicide can happen to anyone, even if we appear healthy. True. So with that, um, as my memory serves me correctly, um, the woman who tried to save Mallory, it ultimately could be the same thing or hers was a suppressed thing because she started speaking to her mom. Exactly. Mm. Now we're going to get into the creatures. So mourning so, and grief and loss. and Yes. Like that. So mm-hmm. in, in the movie, of course, we're going to get into the creatures in the book because a lot of the what trolls... Girl, what you talking about? The creatures, the spiritual demons that these people were dealing with. Oh, is there is there's a there's a book and they talk about they call them the creatures? Yeah, they call them creatures because they're trying to throw people off. It's all a subliminal metaphoric message. Okay, they're so let's throw you off a little bit for me and for the listeners. There's a book mm-hmm. out called Bird Box. Yes, and that book was released in 2014 when suicide rates were increased by 24%. Get the fuck out of here. For real. Yes. From them, from people reading them that book. No. The book came out during the time suicide rates were increased. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm like, that's what? how you know. I'm about to say, well, they need to take this off the shelves. Yes, and you guess what? Guess what this is right now? It's it's suicide season. It's the holidays. Yeah, because I saw where they were saying that this um that show like if you are prone to, if you have suicidal thoughts yes. that this movie is not something you should be watching. It's really not meant for people with mental health problems to watch it because we're, they're. Tr- I feel. They're trying to show awareness for mental health, for people who don't suffer from it. But if we want to get back into the facts of this book, like I said, it was displaying a noticeably strong study of modern psychology. Mm-hmm. It came out in 2014 by Josh Mellerin. He is a, um, he is a, a band, a band person. Uh, I don't recall what band he was in. I'm trying to do everything. Uh, the book expresses the epidemic. It starts in Russia, which is number one in male suicide rates. Mm. And number three in all, all overall in suicide rates in the world for males. Okay. And guess where it moves to? Not the U.S. Yes, Detroit in the book. And guess what? June 11, 2018, doctors urged interventions to stop rising suicide crisis in Michigan. Wow. In Detroit. Wow. 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 I just came from there. I had exactly. You out there. But this is the thing. Suicide rates have increased by 33%. 33% since 1999, according to the CDC. That's more than 30% of America has seen since 1999, making it one of the highest on the charts. That is I'm indeed talking about it. in Detroit, Michigan. In just Detroit, Michigan, 33% over the overall 30% of America. In Detroit. Mm, and the epidemic moves straight to Detroit. So how are we not... He's not trying to show awareness. Yeah. You have to know your studies. You have to right. look deep into this stuff. 
Well, honestly, it's hard to say. It's it's easier to for you to say that because you know, like, I mean, you have that educational back. That education. You're right. You know what yes. I'm saying? Well, yes. someone, like, someone like me, or you know, a lot of these uh, bird brain people on social media sometimes. Oh God. <laughs> They just, you know, not yeah. really thinking that deep. They not really trying to Google all that. You know what I'm saying? Like me personally, I ain't trying to Google all that. So it's like, I'm, I'm open. I'm open to hearing other people's perspectives to learn it. But some people aren't. But that's why, you know, I just, I just can understand how closed off people are because they're just looking for entertainment at the end of the day. That's it. And you know what's crazy? They feel that suicidal ideations is entertainment. Right. Cause let me give you an example of that. Uh, it's from the movie. Let's go to MGK, Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> Who's, that? Who's that? He's an American rapper who just went extremely viral about his song "Rap Devil" that went against Eminem. Oh, okay. So he was great. He's a rap. He's a rapper. Everybody knows him. Mm-hmm. He just went extremely viral. He plays Felix. He is a young Caucasian man using a different vaudeville to battle with his suicidal ideations. Mm. In the movie, you see him popping pills. Now, he's the one who was in there um, having sex with the girl? Yes! Because oh, I was like, why do we always think about sex at a time like this? <laughs> listen, <laughs> no listen, honey. That I could be thinking about sex at a time like this. Honey, sex is a void filler. Mm, that's another And let me tell you something. Let me tell you not something. We cannot forget about the sexual void feelings that they express as well. He was having sex with Lucy and falling in love to the point to where you forget your pains is a void filler. And you don't know yourself. This can lead to depression when you forget who you are, when you hide your feelings, but you use drugs and sex as a void filler. Child, child, mm-hmm. yeah. But let me finish. This represents how the genera- this generation copes with depression and suicide ideation, sex, drugs, music, and alcoholism. Mm. Felix, who is MGK, who just went extremely viral, I'm going to say this again for his song, Rap Devil, going against Eminem, represents the celebrities who suffer from these things. And of course, the young Caucasian male epidemic with suicide. As we know, multiple celebrities have taken their lives and expressed suicidal ideations on social media mm, mm, so he is the person that represents all of this but also this generation we pay so much attention to these rappers like for instance let's go into future codeine crazy he mm. talks about how he sips codeine and he sips um the the medication to make yeah. his pain go away yeah and lucid dreams and lucid dreams he talked about how he fell so deep in love he forgot himself but he started popping pills and drinking liquor, which is substance abuse, which is a factor of depression mm-hmm. and could lead to depression. Mm-hmm. And we could go into Lil Wayne, who always, who always raps about his continuous smoking and drinking habits to kill oh, pain. Yeah. Absolutely. And let's get to Kanye West, whose mental health has been extremely up and down lately, which depression is a spiral. All of these are rappers. And MGK is a rapper. Wow. Yeah, listen, I'm with you, girl. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I am not beefing at all. I don't understand how the people could be so mad in your comments because it all makes sense to me. Um, What, you know, I feel like um, there might be other, uh, uh, what's the word, interpretations, but this Mm -hmm. just makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So moving (laughs) on to the next part. So what's the next, 
what's the next aha moment that um you you want to talk about for the movie i want to talk about greg <laughs> which one was greg greg was the korean asian man he was oh, asian the gay guy yes mm-hmm. girl you caught on to the fact that he had a husband yeah yeah and guess oh, what but that's why the guy didn't like him yeah no 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 see greg and i think his name was douglas they had something in common because greg was suing douglas and douglas if i'm not mistaken has said something about bankruptcy oh okay and he didn't he was saying he just didn't want to see them he didn't want to see them or something like that who you who you're who referring so to the, the guy who kept saying stop the the um white guy the bald guy who's saying stop don't let people in da, 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 douglas they dug they locked him into the garage which is wrong and right um he was having a conversation with someone and they were like he was like well why are you suing them and he was like just because i don't i don't want to see it or something like see them so i was thinking that he was like he didn't want to see their lifestyle or something like that uh i didn't catch that part that's something new to me yeah i, was, I need to go back and watch you it go because back i and see that he was having a, i forget who he was having a conversation with um, he was having a conversation with uh sherilyn the older woman yes and i mm-hmm. think he said something like i don't because i don't want to see them or something like that he didn't want to he said something about bankruptcy i don't know who was going through it or maybe it was him but i heard the word bankruptcy so so and, okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um going back to the asian guy Mm, yes what's what's your connection there okay so i had to break this down so quickly (laughs) yeah girl because we got what we got about 30 more minutes so we got to okay right on in (laughs) let's go let's go (laughs) okay greg played an american whose family's nationality is asian Cantonese, Mm -hmm. and his name is really bb wong he's american due to being born in america but his nationality is asian Okay. Notice suicide rates among Asian men are top on the charts. Top. Really? Really? Every 100,000 men, 27.9% of that suicide is suicide among Asian men. Asian men commit suicide. They're top, on, they're top on the chart. This is why Greg insisted on looking at the creature before anyone else and committed suicide first. Because that was kind of a form of suicide because he said, I'll do it. And he said, Yes. Mm. Yes. And they're higher than everybody. I looked at the ethnics. It's no black women in this house. They're higher. Asian men are above everyone. Wow. Okay. So yes. come on. Let's go. Let's go to the next one. So it's very, um, let me finish girls real quick. It's, and I'm not trying to, you know, but please, it's a warning because this, this is sexual. This is a sexual conversation. Mm-hmm. I like Greg sex. Is- oh God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My interpretation of what Greg symbolizes is sexual abuse. He's okay, gay. Why? Oh. He's gay. Okay. Now, not all men who have been sexually abused do remain straight. Okay. Mm-hmm. The media has been a little help to deepen in the conversation about male sexual victimization. By the age sixteen, as many as one in six boys in America in America have had unwanted sex with an adult or older child. Conventional wisdom says sexual abuse turns boys gay. Are there there? Yeah, sexual abuse. That's what conventional wisdom says. I don't know about all that. 
Yeah, that's just what they Some say. people are born, because I'll tell you right now, yeah. my brother came out the womb um, mm -hmm. snapping his fingers and pointing his toes. Exactly. That's just <laughs> But listen, that's just conventional wisdom. That's it. Okay. It's okay. not... It's not a, um, what's the name to say that, oh, you're gay because you got sexually abused. But a lot of men do turn out and they don't know what sexuality to choose because they have been sexually abused. It's men in my family who have been, yeah, who have I been sexually abused. absolutely know people, yes. Mm -hmm. And they don't actually know what they want to choose. They feel like being with a man is the right way. And when they said he was gay, I was trying to bring awareness that men do get sexually abused. Mm. And a lot of men who are not straight have been sexually abused. So I felt they was trying to bring mental health awareness to this because <clears throat> the sexuality can set a lifetime of patterns and an exploration of self-destructive behavioral behavior, including suicide ideations and depression. Got when you it. have been sexually abused, that's a childhood trauma. So got who are going to next? I got you. Yes, got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I mean I'm still I'm still hanging. So who's next? Uh Tom. This is my husband. I'm sorry. Oh, he fine as fuck, child. Girl. <laughs> oh my god. But I, you know what? I was just like, listen. you know, gonna have to do a little better uh, honey next go round with making him look a little more scruffy because his waves was spinning. Honey. Post apocalypse apocalypse it was like his waves were spinning his line was fresh i didn't understand how that that was the one thing that i felt like they kind of missed the mark on but anyway go on in with the fine ass time honey oh, oh my god like oh my god look okay that is my husband okay he's we're gonna fine. remember that <laughs> he's fine okay so of course tom played the incredible and extremely attractive trevante Rhodes. oh my mm -hmm. god mm-hmm he was a young African-American construction worker who puts himself before anyone and cares for all. Okay. Notice he has always opened the door for people other than Olympia, the time Olympia did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Tom represents the African-American male who always or also are more likely to commit suicide than the black women. So, a black man is more likely to commit suicide than black women. Wow. This can trace all the way back into time, but you know what? I'm not going to get deep into that because, honey, we'll be talking for a minute. Right, right. Tom, okay. Tom, you can go himself. all the way back to the Willie Lynch syndrome, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Girl, oh my God. Look at yeah. you. Yeah, girl, I'll be, I be in tune, trust. Look at you. But um, okay. I can, I, as soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. It's a generational <laughs> thing. It stems all the way back to slavery. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. um, okay, so go ahead. Okay, we know that Tom uses himself to protect everyone, one of the typical characteristics of black men. Mm -hmm. He's said to be the protector of the whole house. Even mm -hmm. after Mallory yelled at him for simply trying to be a comforter to the kids, Tom sacrificed himself to protect Mallory and the kids. And he eventually committed suicide by shooting himself. So we're going to go into this. Firearms are accounted for 51% of all suicides since 2016. Wow. Mm -hmm. wow. Mm -hmm. Tom died by firearm. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that this is the prime example of love drought because putting everyone, everyone before yourself and not receiving the same love back, which eventually will eventually result in emotional pain. That's a real right. life. Issue. And that's what I was just seeing because he was trying to, he was teaching the kids 
to um, be optimistic. He was teaching them. He was teaching them how to visualize. He was teaching the kids um, mm-hmm. to not be uh, stuck in this depression and to see Ooh, outside yeah. of their to see outside of their current circumstance. Exactly, and that's um, how Tom Tom was trying to cope. Yes, and so she was getting upset with that. Uh huh. Um, and he still was. He still, you know, he told her ass off and in in good form, and basically was like, "You don't even want to name your kids." So he basically, you know, he showed her who she was, and ultimately uh, motivated her and healed her in a sense. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. he went and sacrificed himself for that. Exactly. Because you want me, let me tell you something. Black men, you can kill their confidence. You can kill their confidence to the point to where it hurts them extremely. I feel black men are one of the most loving creatures on this earth because they love hard. Yeah. I, I feel so too. I think that I it's we I think that we get caught up with calling them trash. Because you know they do crazy shit. And too. that hurts. And that, that hurts. hurts. Um, but I do think that um underneath a lot of that trash. Um, they, they love someone before. They, do, they love someone before, and it mm-hmm. also and it stems from, and it might be their mama, it might be the auntie, it be whomever. Um, mm-hmm. Again, going back to some childhood trauma or um, previous trauma that causes them to harden up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that yes. makes a lot of sense. I definitely wasn't seeing it that I didn't see Tom in that light. Yes, I did see him as an optimist. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can get that. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So now we got what? We got about 15 minutes. So let's go five more minutes to go wrap it up, bringing her down the river. So we could talk about, um, your top coping mechanisms for, um, anyone who's facing suicide thoughts, that suicidal thoughts or mental health, uh, disruption when it comes to, um, ending their lives. Okay, so that's what you, you want to go into my coping mechanism right now. Um, you can go, you can um c- close up um the rest of the characters, the, the, the rest, not the rest of the characters. I mean, because I get we can, I guess we can get an idea of which all what they all kind of represent. But what was your perception of her going down the river and then finally catching up with the blind folks? All right, that's a spiritual perception, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going down this river and you're going for hours and hours and hours. And she has her children with her. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of the river, it got hard. It got so yeah. hard towards the end of that river. It lost the and you know, all that. <laughs> yes. And, you know, towards the end of um, depression, it gets hard. Yeah. Uh, the voices increase. Yeah. Because it's like the demons know that you're about to break out. Yeah, you got to fight. It, and she fought. Mm-hmm. All the way through. And, and she fought for her kids. Exactly. That was the idea when she was talking about an interview about motherhood. It shows what a mother can actually do when she's going through um, her mental difficulties. Because actually, if you can talk about Olympia, Olympia committed suicide right after she had had her baby. Yeah. And, you know, yes, 30% of women who show signs of depression after delivery have experience of um, an episode of the condition of pregnancy before Olympia's husband was not there. He was going on deployment. So she was already depressed, yeah. but a lot of women suicide is the, is the top rate of women who killed like of, of women who die after pregnancy. Wow. Suicide, suicide wow. is that Olympia killed herself right after she had her baby. But Mallory expressed that 
no matter what you go through, through motherhood, even after you have children, even if you don't have anything left and you're struggling and you're trying to survive, you can still make it. And at the end of the rapids, it got so hard. Mm-hmm. And someone told her you would not make it with children and you can make it in this world, no matter how much you go through, no matter. See, she tried to figure out how she was going to feed the children, how she was going to continue to make these children happy. And you have to know, no matter what you went through, to not be a stigma to your children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You saw, yes, the little girl. She was yelling at her. Yeah, she was. She was and she had, to, she had to break mm-hmm. down. She had to tell her that you're worth She was, because it basically was like her at the end when she was telling her, I'm sorry, I should have listened to you. She was affirming um, the girl's emotions and feelings because it was ultimately like she was smushing her when she was um, listening to what John was telling her about the tree, yes. talking mm-hmm. to the people, whatever. So she basically, mm-hmm. you know, um, we all just need our parents' affirmation. We need our parents nurturing, and we just want to hear that everything is going to be okay. We want to hear that we are okay and that no matter what we do in life, no matter what we say or do or who we hang out with or what kind of sexuality we, we choose or what have you, that our parents will always love us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I got with that. Got got from that too. I mean, and I got that when I was watching it. I still didn't um, connect it to um, any kind of mental health. I got that because um, of my experience with not speaking to my dad for like about three years, three four years now, and just always wanting that approval still. Or mm-hmm. or an apology, you know yes. what I'm saying? Validation was Validation. all through the movie. Um, all through the movie, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even with Charlie, Charlie wanted validation of other people. Yeah, and he is the he represents the college grad who has postgraduate depression after they graduate from college. Mm. When the world really doesn't believe in you, and you have a degree, and you're working at a, a food store. Oh yes, yes. That's who Charlie represents. Yes. Notice how when he was talking about his book and how he felt, everyone waved him off. Wow. And he showed symptoms of constant anxiety. Even when it was in the car, he was going crazy. Like, that's anxiety. Mm-hmm. Constant fidgeting, constant, oh my gosh, you don't need me here. That's anxiety. And then he sacrificed himself because he thought he had nothing to live for no more. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or that he made the mistake. Mm-hmm. He made a mistake and he messed this up. So now he's just got to take the take the heat for it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's how those college grads feel because it's a lot of pressure when you graduate from college now. But for all those college grads out there, I just want to let you know. Like I said, I graduated from college. I've been through hell in my lifetime, but I still managed to graduate in four years. I lost two basketball scholarships. I traveled from one end of the country to the next end of the country to go to school. And um, I did what I had to do to finish, no matter how my mental health affected me. And that was me when Mallory was on the river. It got worse towards the end, and I wanted to commit suicide, but I did not do that. We have to use, and I'm going to the coping mechanisms because we we have an idea mm-hmm. other than the people who have the mental illnesses who were affected. And mm-hmm. that was, if my mom mistaking, what was his name again? Um, the guy that came, was it Gary? Yeah. Gary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gary has showed the images. This is a spiritual and a psychology view on Gary. It also shows not to let everyone into your house 
and that is into your soul. Not to let everyone in because they will bring demons. Demons. Gary laid out all the pictures of the demons that he saw. And then he exposed everyone to those demons. You're not supposed to let everyone into your life. And this is directed to Tom, who he opened the door for everyone. That mm-hmm. would yes, that would mentally kill you. Yeah. You can be so loving to the point it will mentally kill you. You cannot let everyone into your life. Yeah. Only the people that God allows in your life, that's who you need to let into your life. Yeah. Everyone is not meant to be let into your life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Deep, deep shit, girl. <laughs> yes. Deep shit. So, Everyone. um, before we go into your coping mechanisms, when you, the, the, what was the interpretation of, of getting to the house where the people were blind and everyone was blind? <sighs> I love this interpretation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the interpretation of getting to the house when everyone blind was blind in the book, um, it explained that there was no school of the blind. So I was trying to say that directors knew exactly what they wanted to generalize in this movie mm-hmm. because they added more to it to make it clear as day. The book wasn't as clear, but it was a great book. But like I, like they say, it's an intellectual psychology thriller. So you have to look into it to understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, like I said, there was no school of the blind in the book. Um, it was a sanctuary of people who blinded themselves. In the book, they blinded themselves to get rid of the creatures. Um, okay. Yes, but in both the movie and the book, um, it had a ton of birds to bring warnings of those creatures. Mm-hmm. When Allery and her two kids arrived to this place, she begged the leader of the sanctuary to not blind her kids. That was in the book. He told her, we don't blind ourselves anymore. That was Mallory basically reaching happiness. And uh, a blind person, as you know, you know something is there, but you can't see it. Mm-hmm. And I basically want to go in. Even Machine Gun Kelly said this, but he said a cursing word. And I'm just going to go get into it. He said, we have to focus on the good things in this world instead of all the bad shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how we're And I, my quote was, before he even came out and said this about after he read the script, my quote was, we have to blind ourselves to the negativity of this world and focus on the good things in order to mentally survive and look yeah. at God. The birds were in the air. God is in the air. He's, he's, he's up in the sky. Right. That's where the birds are. And, and protection too as well. Yes, because birds can sense different energy levels and they can sense when storms come. Right. And when a storm in your life is coming, you have to know how to survive like a bird. Mm-hmm. Birds, they collect food, they gather food, and they make tons of noise to let you know a storm is coming. Right. So, a bird. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, go, ahead. go ahead. A bird. A bird is a coping skill. A bird yeah, so is, I was getting um, ready to say, so you can, you can just, now you just go right on in to um, what are the coping skills uh, for these sort of afflictions? Focus, if you are a Christian, I am a Christian, I love God. Focus on God. Mm-hmm. Focus on what he is telling you. The birds is like God's voice. A storm is coming. Prepare. Something is coming. Prepare. Because you know, warning comes before destruction. Yeah. Something is coming. Prepare. Yeah, like when I was saying, I'll sit in my house and I'll see if my mm-hmm. house is getting out of order. I'm mm-hmm. like, whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. Take a step back, get up, take a shower, organize, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, step back and regroup. 
because mm-hmm. you know what I mean? A spiral, you would get a spiral was getting ready to come. A spiral. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is God warns you. Yeah. yeah. And the birds are your warning. God yeah. warns you. The birds is like God's voice. I'm warning you. You need to prepare. Like I said, birds gather food. Put your blindfold on. Yeah. Watch yourself out to this negativity so mm-hmm. you can so you can get down that river and get to the other side. Wow. That's what I got from that. And the people at the school, they actually blinded themselves, like I said in the book. And when you blind yourself, you have reached the ultimate area of happiness, meaning sadness cannot be cured because it always comes. Anything can make you sad. But they have reached a point to where they have all the applicable coping skills in order to mentally survive. Those are the people who blinded themselves to the negativity of this world. For instance, someone comes to you like me. All those curse words. I was called a gut, cunt. I was called a bitch. Mm-hmm. I was called uneducated. I was called mm-hmm. all type of these words. And they don't know that you guys are one of those demons. In yeah. the movie, it says, stay off social media when you're going through these things. Yeah. Yep. It said it. It says, stay off social media. Mm-hmm. I can I handle that. I say that all the time. If you, yes. If you're feeling really, really um, down and... Because social media will drag you in. It'll yes. drag you in. Yes. It'll drag you in and you'll be stuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it said that. It said stay off social media. Mm-hmm. Because those demons that we're looking at are social media and it can drive you to kill yourself. Mm. We have people every day that laugh at people about mental health. Right. People call me, you must be mentally ill for you to have an interpretation like this. If I was not <laughs> as strong as I was, seriously, if I was not as strong as I was three or four years ago or a year and a half ago, I probably would have let it all go. Right. Just because of the certain things that people said to me on social media, Just but it didn't hurt me at all. Yeah. I wrote a book that called Who I Am. I know who I am. Mm-hmm. So anything that you say to me will not affect me off the grace of God because he helped me find out who I was through my depression. So out of all that negativity, something positive came. And people have been calling me out of all your negativity because I know my depression was negativity. So out of all the negativity that you guys brought to me, now people are calling me, telling me, hey, can you come have an interview with us? Hey, can you come speak at my school? Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? God was only preparing me to see if I can handle publicity. And if I can't handle these things, he will not give me more. Social media is one of those demons. The way people treat people is one of those demons. The stigma of mental health is one of those demons. Depressive Entities is one of those demons. The way your family treats you is one of those demons of this world. Losing money, bankruptcy is one of those demons of this world. Um, Sex is one of those demons of this world. Love, and you're not getting as much love as you want back, is one of those demons of this world. We have to know what those demons are and ignore them, but know that they're there and not feed into them. That is being a blind person. Oh, that is okay. what this movie was trying to tell you. You so have to you, know they're there. When you say love is one of the demons, do you mean lack of or people feeling lack of lack love? Of. Lack you of. You give so much love, like Tom. You give so much love to the wrong people and you don't get it back. Mm-hmm. You have to know when God is warning you, like a relationship. You have to yeah. know when God is warning you that this is not for you. Right. And half of the time, most of our depression comes from not listening to God and listening to ourselves. Right, right. That's where it comes from. So now, since I've been through this negative stuff and I've been down that river, I have my blindfold on or I'm one of those blinded people at the sanctuary who's living through happiness because I know these things are there, but I'm not going to feed into them. I'm going to focus on God. Yeah. 
And yeah. through my whole depression, my telling my depression, I had on my blindfold. But when I got to that school, which teach, a school is to teach, to pass tests. When I got to that school, I blinded myself. Wow. Okay. That's how you reach happiness. Wow. That I mean, listen, I'm taking it all in. I think that that is... I I beg to differ to say see if anybody disagrees. Like I wonder if the writers would be like, oh no, that's not it. I don't. I doubt it because it just makes all the more sense. I'm gonna go back and I'm going to watch the movie now again. Um, because uh, it's interesting. I I suffer with anxiety and um, uh, something called depersonalization, which is I guess a form of dissociation. Yes, and, dissociation. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you're um, still watching your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. But that movie wasn't triggering for me, which was interesting. So, I mean, I could be very well on, and I, I am in a healing and a recovery process. So that could you be- have your blindfold on, honey. Yeah, That's why. That, so it wasn't a trigger for me. Yes. Um, more so than, because I was more so seeing it as a, a bit from a biblical standpoint. So maybe that's why too. But um, this has like really opened my eyes and now I'm going to go back and watch it again. But I was just seeing so many people saying it's, a, it's, the, it's the best horrible movie ever. And it was so dumb at the end and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I don't think that people are grasping what the, what, the, what it's trying to say uh, yes. behind it. And mm-hmm. I think that's a good damn message in it. Even if it ain't the message, this going to be the message for it now. It's going to be the damn message because that just makes all the more sense to me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Um, yes. Um, I just want to tell people, you know, all the people that's, you know, going through depression or anything or need mental relaxation. Um, I have a podcast. It is uh, free. Um, you can listen to it on iTunes. It's called Talks with Yvonne. Stay tuned for my talk show that is about to come out. And I just want to let people to know to love and love the right people and stay around people who give you good vibes. Oh, that is yes. a great way. That is a great way to get, get rid of depression and get rid of those people. It does not matter who, if it's family, it does not matter. Mm-hmm. If it's giving you any kind of negative feeling, any kind of negative feeling, get rid of it. Um, also, um, purchase my book, Who I Am. Um, it's a memoir of my life, but it also gives you coping skills um, I talk about everything that I've been through to become the woman I am today. I dedicated it to my nieces. And um, it's a great female empowerment series. It's the first book in a series. In January, I will be releasing five more books. And watch out for me. Um, okay. Follow me on social media. Now, and um, guys, I'm going to put all of Khadija Yvonne's information and links to her books and other things in the description box. So yeah. you will be able to go right on in there and click on that and get to know Khadija, follow her on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and purchase her book. I'll also leave the link for her podcast too as well. Um, and um, this has been great. I enjoyed talking to you. I hope that we can talk again. I just feel like I have other subjects that I chit chat about that I'd love to have you come back on the show um and chit chat about yes yes and have you i have you on my show as well because you're very interesting you're very thank thank you thank you i mean i'm not phd track sis Ah. i'm bronx i'm just the regular old bronx girl you know just navigating these mental health um woes out here you know it doesn't matter as long as you vibe with someone it don't matter if they have a phd or not as long as you vibe with them you keep them around but yes. hang around people on your level yes yes so for sure we will be in touch thank you so much for joining the analog girl 
uh, podcast and a little girl team and kicking it with me in the anxiety zone. I really enjoyed it. All right, girl. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. So it's time for affirmations. And of course, because it's the new year, let's just kick off our affirmations um, for 2019 with um, starting the year off with a clear mind. These are the affirmations that I uh, read to myself this week, and I want to share them with you. So the first one is I am 100% determined to reach my goals in 2019. I am 100% determined to reach my goals in 2019. I am ready to live life to its fullest and life's ready for me. I am ready to live life to its fullest and life's ready for me. In 2019, I accomplished everything that I set out to do. In 2019, I accomplished everything that I set out to do. Nothing can stop me from realizing my 2019 goals. Nothing can and nothing will stop me from realizing my 2019 goals. My mission of this year is to stay positive and strong. My mission of this year is to stay positive and strong. 2019 is the year I commit myself to the daily pursuit of my dreams. 2019 is the year I commit myself to the daily pursuit of my dreams. So guys, 2019, we're just always going to be on a pursuit of happiness. Anybody out there who is struggling with their mental health, that is the quest and the journey that we should always, always be on is the pursuit of happiness. So here's to us slaying anxiety and going out here in this new year and shifting our process and shifting our thoughts. Thank you guys for listening. I ain't going to hold y'all and I ain't going to let y'all hold me. Talk to y'all next week. Bye.